Hey guys, it's Joe with the Straight Bassin Podcast. Tonight's episode is sponsored by Angler Clothing Company. Definitely go check them out. They got some cool ass designs um, from billfish to bass. They got it covered. Uh, hats, shirts, t-shirts, sweats. I mean, I don't. There's so much more too. Hat uh, cups and stickers and stuff like that. They're making cool ass designs. Um, definitely go check them out. I started checking them out and I like them too as well. Um, if you use code ZombieAngler, you get 25% off your purchase, and it's all the way to Halloween. So why not start right now and getting your Christmas shopping in? So anyways, y'all, time to listen. Go check out Angler Clothing Company. Great group of guys. Great company. So without further ado, here y'all go. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Straight Bassin Podcast. Tonight we have Lance with LT Jigs on. Look, whatever guy, whatever jigs y'all want, this man makes. Whatever color you want, this man has. Awesome product. He's doing great things up in Fort Worth. Um, I can't thank him enough for coming on either. Awesome guy. Um, definitely go check out his baits. Get you some if you need some jigs. Any type of jigs too, from chatters to structure to football i mean he got them all let's just put it that way so real quick before we dive in just want to clear up some stuff uh that we have on the plate for this week um alamo bassins tournament kayak tournament that we have on bass drop is going to be this weekend on saturday uh, if you want to join out there go join us it's going to be awesome um got a few people already that are looking forward to going out there that can't wait for it to happen so saturday be out there i'll be out there myself so if you guys want to talk fishing or anything like that i'll be out there to do so next one we have the medina open tournament um that's coming up not this saturday but the following saturday and it's a medina open for elite bass club anybody's allowed to fish it as long as it's on a boat five fish limit team tournament um it's going to be eighty dollars a team so that'll be fun as well unfortunately i won't be able to make that one i already made prior plans to go to Amherstead so I'll be down there unfortunately um I wish I could though uh, Medina is always a fun lake to fish uh next um we got a we got a tournament for uh, Carlton Rogers um Carlton uh passed away this last week it's a tough one to bear in the San Antonio community especially myself uh, sorry for being a Debbie Downer, but uh, definitely taking a little hard. Uh, Carlton was a great guy for guys that didn't know him. Uh, up and coming angler had so many questions, and I try to help him out as much as possible with stuff to throw and and different techniques. But uh, definitely sad, and definitely hitting home pretty close. Um, we're gonna have a tournament for him. It's actually uh, at a small pond lake. Um, here in San Antonio, it's the same, um, same weekend as, uh, Elite Bass Club, their open tournament, but for you bank guys that don't have boats or anything like that, definitely go out there and go to this tournament for Carlton Rogers, uh, it's supporting his family and, uh, helping out with funds for them, and it'll be fun, um, I'm not gonna be able to make it, but, uh, I'm gonna do my damnedest to do anything possible to help that family out. Um, I looked at Carlton as a really good friend and it, it's definitely been tough on me. So, uh, go out there, support them. Uh, there's a GoFundMe floating around. Definitely. If you can, anything will help. And I'd appreciate it a lot. Anyways, guys, I'm sorry for being a Debbie Downer and, uh, got me all emotional again. But, uh, yeah, I just want to say though, too. If you guys have any, you know, anything in your life that's going wrong and you're in that dark place and you need somebody to talk to, y'all give me a call, whether it be 1 a.m., 4 p.m., I don't give a shit. Just give me a call, man. Um, it's already happened twice in this past year to me. We're close friends, and I don't want it to happen a third time. So, uh, just letting you guys know. Anyways, uh, back to Lance and the podcast. Great podcast tonight, LT Jigs. So, without further ado... Go listen. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Straight Bassin Podcast. Tonight we have Lance from LT Jigs. Uh, 
great bait maker up there in, in Fort Worth, uh, doing some big stuff up there. Uh, his jigs look great and amazing. I haven't got my hands on them yet, but my belly, uh, my buddy, <laughs> my buddy Robert over there at a RPG did, and he told me a lot about them, and he's liking them. He's throwing them out there, out there in Temple. Um, Lance, uh, great to have you on tonight. Uh, awesome that you're on. I appreciate the hell out of it, man. How you doing tonight? Hey, doing great, man. I really appreciate you having me. So, how did uh, how did you start out fishing, man? Like when you were a kid and everything. Man, I uh, fished with my grandpa when I was really young, and didn't really take it probably as serious as some of the youth does now. Because I was a kid, you know, and we looked up to the fishing. thirties I got back into it pretty heavy hardcore. Mm-hmm. And uh pretty much what I eat, sleep and breathe nowadays. Right. <laughs> Sounds like me. <laughs> uh I I'm always like talking fishing, thinking about fishing. When I come home it's fishing. Uh the wife gets right. a little wife gets a little annoyed, but you know, it is what it is. It's my life. It's my passion. So I feel you on that. Yeah. So how did uh how did LT like come about like how did you like decide you were gonna start making some of the best chatter baits and all kinds of jigs out there? Man, I uh, honestly I started fishing with jigs back in the late nineties. Uh, like I said, then I took a break for a while and then I started fishing again. And, and a jig's just I'd say a jig and a spinnerbait have always been one of my go tos for some reason. I got to a point, probably early 2000s, I got tired of buying jigs from Scott and a few ways I thought, man, I, I learned how to put a, a skirt on my own, with, you know, on a, on a jig that someone had made, and I thought, man, this can't be that hard, and uh, I want to say about uh, 2008, 2009, I actually went to Bull Springs and started actually making them myself, and uh, I've done nothing but learn from Definitely. And you're using, the, like, are you using, like, do-it molds, or did you go out on your own? Yeah, I use a lot of do-it molds. I've got a couple of custom-made molds, but the majority I do use do-it molds. Mm-hmm. That, they're, they're a great company. I um, I ordered some for uh, soft soft plastics. I want to start doing my own. I did in the past with, like, you know, the plastic injection molding, but it's a pain in the ass, like, with all the air bubbles and stuff like that. So uh decided we're going to you know, start doing maybe something on the side with it, and I can't wait to do it, you know. It's nothing like, uh, what's up? Believe me, I've got hundreds and hundreds of trial and error. I've got jigs in my box that, you know, if a jig goes in my, in one of my boxes, it's probably something I screwed up, and I've got quite a few jigs like that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, from what I understand, like, uh, like when you're pouring, sometimes it can get, like, stuck in, like, the, like the cauldron or whatever it is, and it doesn't end up pouring right and stuff like that. I listened to another podcast about pouring baits, and they said it's it's not easy. I mean, you can mess it up super super fast if you're not paying attention, and then you got to sit there and re you know re melt it down again and try again. And so, jig pouring like that's something I want to be into. But as far like it's just so I can mess it up so easy. But soft plastic, I mean. I can try that. That seems that seems a lot better. <laughs> Jig pouring's not difficult, in my opinion. It's more time consuming than anything. Oh yeah. Like if I had any complaint about it, which I really don't, but it, that would be the one complaint. It just takes to me. That it just takes time. You have to melt your lead. You have to, you know, make your jig heads. Then you have to paint them. You got to let them paint dry and cure. Then you got to add your leaf guards. How long does it take you to normally like just make a jig, like a hand tied jig? If I already have it poured, mm, an hour. But most of that, you know, paint drying, that's 
that's that's that's the biggest surprise I've ever had. Man, are you? Are you airbrushing them, or are you just like dipping them in a, like in a pot or something, or what? When you, like for paint. Uh, I do a lot of a lot of powder paints, and I do the little finish brushes. I give all my secrets away. <laughs> and that's no, honestly, to me, it's it's fascinating, man. Like, just to sit back and I and I see these guys like uh, when I watch them, you know, paint big swim baits and stuff like that, like from the West Coast guys. And they spend hours just sitting there airbrushing them, man, and just to see how it, like, inheres and, and, and the whole process, like, to me, it's fascinating. And I geek out on it, honestly. And, you know, with jigs and stuff like that, too, it's the same process, I'm, I'm assuming. Um, and that, to me, that's just, that's just cool, you know, doing something you love, making a bait where you can go out there, take yourself that you made, and sit there and catch fish on it and jack them. You know, that to me, that'd be something I, it's, it's fascinating to me. Thing, the thing I enjoy about it, and I actually just got Zach Reese cut from his little jig stunt that I was telling him was that I'll be sitting here making orders, and if I'm waiting on a coffee or lunch to go out, I'll grab another keyboard that's already painted and sit here and say, I wonder what this color looks like with this color. It just so happens this customer that I sit with this jig through the night. One of the colors he picked was one of those colors that I was just sitting here one day and thought, man, I wonder what this looks like. And come to find out, I've had about six different people order that exact color from me. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy how, just for me, it's, it's crazy how just playing around with one, wanting to see what something looks like together turns out to be something good one day. Yeah, definitely. I, I do the same thing when, I, when I'm doing my swim jigs, like because I, I got a whole bunch of swim jigs I try on. And, like, I'll sit out there when I'm in the garage, and I'll go through, you know, each color kitek that I have and see which one matches up the best or same thing with crawls and creature baits like that. And that's what you got to do, you know, to, to, to keep the fishing up, to keep it going, and to stay on top of stuff and stay on top of colors. I think that's, as an angler, you got to do just to, to keep it, to keep your colors going and try stuff that's new and different. I think a lot of the thing is everybody loves black and green and green and white. That's the way it's got But I think having some people say colors don't matter, some people say they do. I don't know if I really even really want to get into my personal opinion on that. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, my thing is, is that when a when a bass sees something that's ninety percent of the time it's gonna be that color. They see that player with a different color, what are they going to do? You know, they're going to react to it. Exactly. And I, and I just think different colors, and everybody has their own opinion on it. It's just sometimes that just one little player of a different color works really well. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree. Um, with more of like the the hard baits, when it, when it comes to color, uh, more of the hard baits, I mean, I – I don't know, like topwater baits to me, it doesn't care. I don't care what color because they're, they're going for reaction. Um, exactly. That's how I look at it. Like, uh, I listened to uh, Larry Dahlberg when he made the Whopper Flopper, and I talked to people that worked there and stuff like that, Ruby the Sea, and uh, they say the same thing. Like, you can throw any color you want. The only reason, you know, they make colors is so people have a variety to choose from. It's all about right. the action, you know? <laughs> Um, and I, and I agree with, you know, with, with like a top water bait and, uh, some of the crankbaits and lipless that are out there, you know, I agree to a certain extent when it doesn't even come to color, it's just reaction bite. Yeah. So what, uh, I know you're in Fort Worth. What, uh, what lakes do you like to fish up there? get away and take a break because I'm so busy I really don't get to fish as much as I would like to. Mm-hmm. 90% of the time I'm either working my regular job or I'm in here in the shop most of the time right now. I'm just tying up the jigs right now while we're talking. Uh, so 90, 90% of my time is spent right here. Even at my business working, 
lot of music to like most dudes. And uh, see, recently a lot of times I get burned out because you know it, it's a job. Take a break for a day or two, but the, like this past week, you know, I was I was pretty burned out last week after pushing out like sixty orders within a week and a half, and working a regular full time job, and uh, I went outside and just played two full days without a break of light, and out till about four o'clock in the afternoon both days. Just nice to get away and, and catch some fish and, and enjoy. You know, I love being outdoors. Yeah. Definitely. I'm the same way. It's hard, you know, with the podcast. It's uh, work. I mean, last week I worked 55 hours, so that's why I, like, I wasn't going to do a podcast last week. I'm sorry, guys. Like, I, I was dead tired. Um, after that, I mean, I have, you know, T-ball and then other stuff like that with family and then the podcast, too. So, uh, and then trying to get on the water. Um, that's another thing. So, uh, this, you know, last week I was able to on Saturday, I got away for a little bit this weekend. Uh, we're taking the veteran that won, uh, the trip with me. We're taking him out fishing tomorrow. I'm actually sitting in the boat right now, trying, <laughs> trying to do tackle as well. Um, to be out there, uh, we're going to probably get out there about 6am and uh, be on the water all day. So I can't wait for that tomorrow. Sergio, if you're listening, man, it's going to be awesome. Well, by the time this comes out. You already, you already uh, be on the way, so, but it, it'll be yeah, fun. Man, I, uh, I, I'm the same way. You know, I work. Well, I work nights, and uh, I work a lot of hours when I'm not at work. And when it's real, real hot, like a couple months ago, when it was you know right at 100 degrees every day, I would stay up with my mouth off and be out here working. Matter of fact, one night I went across, right outside the shop, pulled my stick to get a gut. It was 93 degrees. Oh wow! I wouldn't doubt that. I mean, that's that's crazy, man. Yeah, so when it's super hot, you know, I'll stay up at night and just stay out here and grind, push motors, grind out, make some fish. And then it's the same thing when it's—I'm not a cold person. I don't like cold weather. Uh, I'm a summer boy, and when it's real, real cold, you know, down below probably 40 or 35 at the most, you know, mm-hmm. I'll stay. I'll stay at home, and I'll be out here with the heaters. I, I got heaters that keep it soft, warm, and cool. I just don't have AC there, of course, in the summer. That's going to be my next my next investment is uh, putting AC out here. But, you know, I'll, I'll just sit out here and, and dig, and dig, and dig. Like, literally, eat, eat trees sometimes. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's what we do with just fishing in general. I mean, and that's dedication. To go out there after you get off work and to sit there and grind out orders, that is dedication to a business that you're trying to grow. And that's that's awesome to see, and it's awesome that you're blue-collar. You know, you got a job, you got a family, and to sit there, and and I'm sure they're very supportive of you, you know, uh, being out there away and taking time away just to do something you love and try to make, you know, a business out of it. And that's cool to see, too, as well. How's fishing been for y'all down there? Uh, fishing right now, it, uh... You know, I just talked to somebody at Choke. Uh, they, uh, they're they saying that three-pounders, four-pounders are all busting on topwater right now. Um, and then after that bite calms down, it goes to subsurface stuff, so like spy baits and stuff like that a little bit. Um, Medina, that's fishing super good. Uh, that's where we're going tomorrow. Uh, last time I was out, I caught about 35. Uh, Canyon Lake. From what I understand, it's doing decent as well. The smallie bites on right now. If you find those like uh, those deep points, um, I don't even know. Uh, Lake Travis is good. Um, there's a few guys that I've been watching on uh, Instagram and stuff like that that are fishing Travis and having a top water bite as well over there. So it, it's going pretty good down here in the the southwest, I guess you call it, of Texas. Um, but it, it's going good. Uh, I need to get up there to to fork and those those lakes up there, man. I mean, I just I haven't even had the opportunity to get up there though. I love to fork. I've been to it many times. Anytime I've been to it, uh, I've caught fish. Don't get me wrong. I just think it's it's just such a precious lake. You, you really gotta either be fishing really deep or fishing just in the right spot. 
Jason Fuentes went to uh, went to one of the local lakes here, and I'm embarrassed to say I've got my buck picked. I didn't touch a thing all day Monday. I threw everything in my boxes except for one thing, and the one thing I didn't it didn't dawn on me until I got back home that night is I'd never threw a square blow, and I should have. But yep. I was fishing docks, and I could have been banging a square blow around the docks, and I threw like four different style jigs, a net rig. Cinco, which I can't stand Cinco, Texas rig, and I just wasn't finding them. And when I got home this morning, I'm like, man, you dummy. You should have been banging a square ball around them docks all day catching fish. Well, then yesterday, went back out, and just wanted to pick a square bill. And uh, it, it, there was nothing huge, don't get me wrong, okay? But I caught like 30 fish within before noon. It was just a good day. Everything was on, on a square bill and, and a Texas rig yesterday. And uh, it, was, it was a good, fun day on out on the water for me. Yeah, definitely. So are you fishing, like, out of a kayak mostly, or you got a boat, or? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm fishing in a kayak. Yeah. That's, honestly, like, there's been so many people that are like, dude, you got to get a kayak. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm just a big guy. I don't like paddling. I'm lazy. It's like, I'd rather just have my foot on the trolling motor. And everybody's like, I'm yeah. Six, I'm six one two nine. I oh. love my kayak. Oh shit. Okay. Well, <laughs> you just you just changed my mind about a kayak then. Uh, but damn, like I don't know, man. It's and then everybody's like catching these fish out of these ponds and these creeks out here down in San Antonio. I mean, if you can catch some big ones out out here in these creeks, and but you gotta have that kayak. So, you know, everybody's, you know, hounding me about getting a kayak. So, I might have to break down. I'm, If I do buy a kayak, it's going to be a vibe. Um, I'm liking the way they, they run. And everybody has exactly them out here. I have. I have a live uh, Seagull. Do you, how, is that pretty good? Is that a good one? I like it, man. Uh, being a bigger guy, I played in some places. I didn't, there's a, a, you have to look at the picture of one, I guess. There's a kind of, kind of right behind your seat. There's a big gap between there and to where your crate sits in. So it's a little hard to reach back to your crate to get anything out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, I, I think I put a hummingbird on it. Uh, I've caught a lot of fish out of it. I love it. I, I wish it had a little more deck space. Um, I'm probably going to upgrade probably at least by next summer something a little bit bigger, but uh, uh, other than that, I love it, and it's a great kayak, and it, it, my suggestion, if you haven't ever been in one, if they have anybody offer to come over here down there in the San Antonio area where you're at, if they have a demo day, go to it, get out and try a couple different ones, just paddle around, or if you're looking at a pedal, get around a pedal either way, just get out and get in a couple different ones that you feel, you feel the most comfortable with, or before you jump and buy one. That way you're more satisfied with, with what you bought. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm seriously thinking about getting a Vibe. Uh, I definitely want to check them out, though, and, and get them one. Um, then it's like it's it's funny because I have other people that are like, oh, you should get a boat now. You know, you need a, you need a newer boat, you know. I'm like, yeah, but I don't know. It, it's, it's hard. It's tossed up right now. That's how I'm feeling. I'm leaning more towards a Yak, though, for sure. Pushes are under a dock and kayak. It takes a little bit of learning and adjustment for me. Yeah, de- definitely. I mean, it, it's even hard in the boat when you're trying to sit there. You know, I've tried, you know, 35 seconds. You know, 35 seconds is like four or five casts. And you're trying, they're trying, right. to, trying to flip a jig in there. And it's a pain in the ass on a boat. I can only imagine it on a kayak. Oh, it's, it's not bad. Once you do it a few times, excuse me, once you do it a few times, you get used to it. You're all right. Definitely. So what is what is your PB that you got right now? Man, it's only uh, seven point seven. Seven seven. That, that's still a good fish, man. Yep. Uh, even that on a spinner bait too. Yeah, that ain't that like a like a big spinner bait, like with those big old willows, or. Yep, half ounce. Yeah, that's good. I mean, that's what 
I, I kind of got away from the spinner bait. I need to start throwing it again. Uh, once that chatterbait kind of came out in the market, I, I picked that up and, I, you know, I started throwing that a lot. Um, when I was in California, though, I was throwing those big old war, war eagle spinner baits, you know, and uh, those were biting them up. And, I, and I've gotten away from that. I need to start throwing the big ones again. Rookie lure, and uh, I I kind of disagree with that. Um, I've caught a ton of fish with them. Yeah, it's not. Well, that that bait's not a, a rookie bait by all means. I've seen you know KVD throwing it. I've seen so many pros. You know, uh, Jockinson throwing it now. I mean, he's from Australia. I don't know how he got his hands on a war eagle bait, but he said he was throwing them out there before he came to the states. Um, just that that bait is not a rookie bait by all means uh, rookie bait to me was like a, a senko or like a drop shot or something like that right <laughs> definitely so what i don't have the, i don't have the patience for a slow fall which kills me a lot you think i would because i actually like throwing jigs and i i do it's just my throwing a weight makes sense but those guys get paid up to catch the money 99 percent of the time i mean i'm sure it is i just more of a moving person. I'm a habitual pirate, people, I guess you'd say. I just like, I like moving. Even throwing a jig, if I'm around some docks or something, hooking under a dock, outside, inside, outside, and I move on to the next one. You know, I don't play, I don't pick the area out real good. I probably should sometimes. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a downfall that I have too as well. Um, like, I'll come into a spot, even when I'm throwing a worm, like, I'll pitch it in there a few times within, like, uh, if, if I pitch it the third or the fourth time and nothing bites, I'm moving on to the next dock. And, and that's when, that's all docks that I fish when I fish them. From Lake Travis to Medina to, you know, LBJ. I actually did that with a safety head yesterday. I picked the safety head up and was throwing around some brush piles. And one, two, three around the brush pile, moved on to the next one. I just couldn't, I can't stick in one spot all I can. Definitely. Like uh, last week I went out and uh, I had somebody there like, you catching fish? This guy, he came up next to me. He's like, you catching fish here? And I was like, yeah, but I'm going to I'm gonna leave. If you want the spot, you can have it, man. He's like, yeah, but why Why go find fish, you know, when you're catching fish? And I was like, because I'm tired of it. Like, I'm, I'm bored of this one spot. I've been here sitting on the same, the same pile for about, you know, 30 minutes already. So <laughs> I just want to move on. And sure enough, I went to my next spot and it lit up again on a different bite, so I wasn't too, too worried about it. But it, it's definitely moving. I mean, covering water is fun. It, it sucks. Like when I was in California, it's all finesse fishing and stuff like that. And when I moved out here, I was happy. I was able to, you know, throw moving baits and become more of a power fisherman and stuff like that. They throw them big baits out there in California. Oh. You, you have no idea, man. Uh, the the baits that they have out there, like, uh, when I first started fishing back in, I don't know, like 2008 when I really got into it, some of these baits they were throwing, man, I couldn't believe it. And for them to catch fish on them like that, I mean, that was just, it's ridiculous. And now, moving out here, I'm seeing that, that transition. Those big baits are starting to make them make their way east. Um, there is like a follow-on with like swim bait underground and stuff like that, but uh, it's definitely starting to make its way bigger out here in Texas and moving east. Um, and it, it's cool to see. It's and it's you know different colors and stuff like that, and you you don't have that trout here like we do out there. Um, but I mean, there's some spots like the Guadalupe has trout and stuff like that that they. They throw those baits in, but it's it's definitely cool to see them them hook up on the trout baits out here. Definitely. I've never thrown one of those big swim baits. That's probably one of the only lures I think I've never thrown. Oh well, I can tell you what. If if you want to get good at it, there's the only way the only way to do it. Take one bait, take one rod, and just try to get good at throwing that one bait. And there's some guys that do it in California. They They'll go out 40, 50 trips 
with that one bait or one rod or a couple of rods and a couple of baits, but they're all swim baits and they'll have like 45, 46 days of not catching one fish. But when they do catch one fish, it's like an eight or nine pound. So, but I rather just go catch, you know, four or five. Um, I throw the big bait, but after a while, my arm gets tired because it's so damn heavy that uh, I'll pick up that, that fairy wand and I will go MLF and catch one pounder for, <laughs> for, <laughs> for a good couple of hours. <laughs> Yep, and I think that's what the downfall of the fishing community is, is, you know, everybody sees, you know, oh, this is catching fish, that's catching fish, and then no one really kind of wants to dedicate it, because they're like, you know, they don't really know how to work the bait, and I don't think it's, you know, intentionally, I just think that it's, uh, there's so many variety of baits out there that no one stays dedicated to one, and when I started fishing, it was, you know, finesse fishing, that was it. You don't pick up anything else, really, except a spinner bait here and there and a, a swim bait. And then now my eyes have opened now, and it's like there's days, like, you know, we've said, I'll just take one rod, one reel, tie on the baits, and go at it. And I had to do the same thing with square bills, too. Uh, I sucked when it came to square bills, and now I'm halfway decent where I know how to throw it, when to throw it, and boat positioning and the transitions it makes and that's what you have to do as an angler I think is just going out there having that one bait and dedicating yourself at least a couple trips on it to see if it produces for you. Definitely. Definitely. And do, do you think, uh, going back to like the color and transitioning and stuff like that, do you think, because I know they got that, like the, the water column and the colors that it transitions to in the water column, like a pink, like a color, they say it gets like a lighter to where it's like kind of like, uh, what is it called? Like a see-through, like clear color. Do you think that affects anything in the water column itself? Yep. <laughs> that, 
that's not that hard. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I have guys, I have guys that tell me all the time, man, I'm ashamed of Clearwater. They post some stuff on Instagram and, and Facebook, and, and you can see they're doing it, but they know what the heck they're doing. And I've had better luck myself in semi-flat water many times than I've been in clear water or even dirty water. I've had better luck in clear water. I've, I've never been 100% perfect in clear water. Yeah, I'd rather – see, I'm, I've always been used to clear water, so when I made that transition out here, it was – Okay, find the clear water because I went to stained water and I I couldn't catch a damn fish at all, so I had to run back all the way to the south, and then finally I got into that clear water and that's when I started catching them. And I, I just I don't know as me as an angler I can't I can't do muddy water I try to find that semi that semi clear you know stain a little bit of stain but not too stained and then go to the clear water. It's it's hard too I can't. For me, I mean, there's some guys that know how to catch fish in muddy water, and I just can't do it, and I don't, I don't know how they do it, and that's something I need to learn as an angler myself. The uh, water we were fishing in yesterday, it, you could probably see maybe two foot. I mean, I sat there and took a jig on stuff. Black and blue jig on the side of my kayak, let it fall just to see how far I could see, and I lost it by about two foot. When I wasn't catching nothing for a little bit, I thought, you know what, I'm going to try it. I, try, I put on a, a, a Texas rig beaver, and it's like a black and purple beaver, and there's a bunch of overhangs that make the shadow like the spot we were at. The sun was out, and I was catching them underneath the overhangs, and every time I did, within about the third take, I was getting hit, and I was catching fish from them. And that's why I think in dirtier water, dark, well, for me, darker colors work better. And that's just been my experience. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. That's for sure. So, what are your, uh, what are your like top five baits that you enjoy throwing? That is a go-to when you open your box and you see them. You're like, okay, I'm gonna use this all the time. That always stay tied on. Well, number one's gonna be a jig, of course. What type of jig? Bill on another rod, obviously. Got a jig on one and a Texas rig on another. I think I still have a Tiggy that tied on. Um, I mean, all year round, my go to. Number one, actually, all year long for me, it's going to be a vibrating jig and chatterbait. It's just, there's grass anywhere, but chatterbait is always tied. Unless it's real, real cold. When it's cold time of year, then I'll throw a Texas. But a uh, vibrating jig and a swing jig is probably my two first go-tos when it comes to uh, any kind of hard bait because they've been the most successful for me. Um, Texas rig will be after that. And shoot. Probably something lately. You know, I hate to say it, but I have been throwing them. Either a Senko or a Fleece lately, um, especially when it's times of year. I'm not a big, you know, that's the, that's the second year I'm probably not real confident with, and that's a jerk, uh, a hard jerk bait. I've never really been strong with them, and I need to, I need to get out and throw them more. But uh, when, when they're in that, uh, I've lost the word here. When they are. Uh, When they're, when they're in that mid-range column, I need to work with them. I do 
few things that I can complain of at the moment because, you know, although our kids are essentially, most of what I can think of watching them, they're hot in the summertime and they're, uh, and they're just lethargic as heck and not really biting. I'll, I'll throw the, the red ball at them and I'll make them throw two pitches or I'll, I'll drag that jig just through it, you know, slow. That, that's but cool. That's cool. Top five for me, I'll probably go all year round. Five other jigs, swim jigs, Texas rigs. Um, man, I'll throw a percentage of them any time of year. I don't have people that say you're crazy, but you throw a good heavy spinnerbait in deep, yeah. deep water when it's dead cold or dead I'm the same way with uh, topwater. Topwater, I've thrown topwater bait in uh, like 30 degree weather, and I've gotten bit. So, and it's it's you know people say they're crazy about certain stuff, but you know what? If you go out there and throw it, and you know it can produce, just keep throwing it. <laughs> with not really even just selling but yeah I do don't get me wrong it was for me myself more than anything yeah. uh, I actually tied on a frog the other day just for yesterday morning because I thought right when I got on the water I'm going to throw this frog for a little bit on these things in the shadows because these shadows where it's still dark and see if I can't get any kind of reaction water temperature is like 66 degrees and uh, I couldn't get any, any kind of reaction and I, I cut it out for That that bite, I mean, it's it's just weird. It sometimes like when I was out last weekend, it was you pull into one cove, and then if you threw it and no bites happen, you just put it away for that cove, and then you go over to the next cove, and if they start hitting, you just stuck with it because out of nowhere they would just school up on it. So it was it was fun for sure, definitely last weekend, last Saturday. I So have you had any uh any like oh shit moments when you're on the kayak? Something you shouldn't have did? Not really yet. Um I was scared of snakes. Oh hell no. Nah. <laughs>
went to Amman and Dutch Bank that night. Damn. And uh, the guys I was with were like, oh, this ain't nothing. We can make, we make you work for this before. And I'm not thinking this is just for credit. <laughs> it was still fun, you know, we played a few minutes and and uh we got around and all but it was tough for me being a being a rookie on a rainy day like that. Yeah, definitely. Like it it was tough. Uh I fished a while back. It was about a month ago. And man, it was storming. It was it was it was bad. It was white caps on the lake and my boat's not that big, it's only a seventeen foot tracker. So it's and I only got a forty-five pound thrust, so it's when a wave hits, it's that's a white cap wave. I mean, it, it's it's rough out there for sure. So I know how that wind is. But I'd say the roughest day I ever had was two years ago. I hosted a tournament, and we got there, and this ain't for anybody like that, but man, it was like thirty-eight degrees that morning. Get up, get down to the boat ramp, and I'm like, I'm hosting a. I'm hosting this tournament. I'm running it. Nobody's going to show up. It's, but it's just pouring raining. And like I said, it was 38 degrees. And we had like 39 guys show up for this tournament. Wow. And we get out there. I think you not, dude. I'm shivering, soaking. When we had rain suit on, we're still just wet. Everything's freaking wet. And we all fished all day long. And one of the guys caught, I want to say it was a nine or nine and a half that day and won the tournament. It was just a miserable, I'm not a cold person, dude. I'm telling you, if it was below 40, I don't even like going outside myself. I'll take 100 degree days over a day like that. <laughs> Definitely, especially I mean, when you're fishing. I remember. I'll sit out and sweat and drink water all day and swear I'll want to freeze. I'll fish to get out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong. I, I'm the opposite, so. uh I remember it when it, I don't know if you remember when it snowed down here in San Antonio about a year and a half ago, two years ago. But uh, I, I was I was out there the next day, and I I work in a in a warehouse, so I have a freezer suit, and I work because I work in the cold side. Boy, I had that freezer suit on so tight, and uh, my buddy that went with me, he's like, "Man, I'm not worried about it. I work in a freezer all day." We get halfway across the lake, running about 45 miles an hour, and I see him. Just bundled up, shivering, and he, I told him I was like, "Man, I told you to bring your suit, man." And he didn't believe me, and when we got to that first spot, about it was a good run. We ran for about I don't know, twenty five minutes or so, and uh, we get there, and he couldn't stop shaking. And thankfully, I brought extra clothes, so I gave him those to put on. But man, that that was a funny sight seeing him sitting there shivering after I told him what to do, and he didn't do it. We fished the bass camp tournament a couple of years back on Lake Forks out back. I want to say it was 36, 38 degrees or something. And I had just a fingerless glove on. And my buddy that I was fishing with, he's like, man, I got some real gloves. I actually want some. I was kind of being mad. I said, no, I'm good. They can put me on my fingertips and put me shivering like a damn fool. But we caught fish that day. I got a check. So, you know, it was worth it. I don't like it. Yeah, I hear you on that. I, well, there, there gets to a certain point where I'm, I'm, I'm done with the cold. <laughs> That's for sure. Right now, I can't, I can't wait for that cold to come on. I've been too damn hot. So, as soon as, as soon as I got on the Texas, I, uh, as soon as I got out of that U-Haul truck, I realized it was humid, and this is how it's gonna be. So, <laughs> when that cold weather hits, I'm, I'm a little excited for it. I'm not gonna lie. What part of California are you from? Um, just above, I, well, I grew up in Central California, like uh, Modesto area out there where uh, where Ishman Road is at, like Houston, Modesto, Oakville, and then uh, I moved south when I was about eighteen, um, just above LA. So I kind of got the best of both worlds. I got to fish like well, that. See, I, Yeah, that's where I was at. I mean, it was there'd be days where it was ten degrees, nine degrees, and you're in the middle of the desert where it's 120 in the summer. So, yeah, I, 
I'm used to the cold, and we get snow every year. So when I moved out here, I was kind of like, oh, there's no snow. <laughs> it doesn't rain there like it does here. Every once in a while it will, but not too much. Not as much as here. Yeah, yeah, not not as much as here. Definitely. I mean, the the Texas uh Texas winter is, uh, Texas weather in general is ridiculous sometimes. Right now it's either you put on a coat halfway through the day and then you take it off, and then you put it on, take it off. So. Yeah, we go through four seasons in one day. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, it's awesome. Thank. I'm gonna wrap it up, Lance. I mean, it's. It's great for what you're doing, man, and I appreciate the hell you, you know, coming coming on the show tonight and, and talking to everybody and letting them listen in on how everything got started with you and kind of let the let everybody know, you know, who's making them and you know they're hand tied, they're hand poured, and just to hear that, you know, you don't really get that every time when you see a post just on Instagram, you know, and to to know who's making them and stuff like that is great to hear, man. Heck yeah, man! I appreciate you having me on. So how can how can everybody get a hold of your baits and get them get them hands on them? Man, I'm uh, I'm working on a website. I'm probably gonna be posting the end of the year, but right now uh, Instagram, Facebook, Lucky Jigs. Uh, do a lot on Instagram. I do a lot on Facebook. If you just hit me up, send me a message. Uh, I'll do what I can to get get you taken care of. Awesome, awesome. Well, you heard it, guys. Uh, go hit up Lance with LT Jigs. Uh, great guy. Uh, hopefully, I can fish with him pretty soon. Hopefully, we can have him back on the show. Um, it'll be great for sure. But I appreciate you all for listening, uh, taking your time out. Everything's going great with the podcast. Uh, every time I see those messages that you guys send me, man, it's great to hear the good feedback that I ha- that I get. So uh, stay tuned for the next one. Uh, hopefully, it won't be two weeks from now. Hopefully, it'll be next week. I'm trying to plan on it when I'm out there in Amistad. Um, But everybody, stay tuned for the next one, and I appreciate it. Y'all have a good night.